0: Hey team, you're about ready to listen to my interview with Jason Bowder of Video Chat A Pro. Video Chat A Pro is a combination of a services marketplace and a video commerce platform that he has built from the ground up for the trades industry. I think you're going to learn a lot. Enjoy. This is the e-commerce edge podcast with your host, Jason Greenberg. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I have another amazing guest for you today to share a whole bunch of stuff about their amazing technology that they have built. And so I am very pleased to introduce to you today Jason Bowder from Video Chat Pro Inc. Welcome Jason. Awesome name by the way.
1: Yes. Thank you, Jason. Couldn't have a better name I've had. A, back when I was a kid, I took care of my grandmother. She had rheumatoid arthritis real bad, right? And that was her cane. Like at the age of six, she would send me into the gas station to buy her cigarettes because she couldn't get out of the vehicle because her fingers and her toes were all pointed in the opposite directions. And her hands had just basically turned into knots. So all the way from most of my childhood, basically helped my grandmother. So I had people name their children after me all throughout my, my life. They would say you're such after they got to know me they would be like, you're such a great kid. I'm going to name my children after you.
0: Wow. That's a a pretty nice, that's a pretty nice thing to have happen for me. I know that my my generation, I don't know exactly how old you are, but I'm a seventies, I was born in the seventies. And and certainly in my classes all throughout middle school, et cetera, all the way out through pretty much right throughout school, there was always at least three or four other Jasons in my classes because that was a very popular name to give to kids in the 70s and so right throughout my school years, I never really heard my first name much because everybody called me by my last name. So all of the Jasons would just get called by their last name so that when the teacher would call out Jason from the class, you wouldn't have three or four Jasons looking at the teacher. You would just have the right Jason respond. And yeah, I was just known as Greenwood right throughout my whole of my school years. And then once I got out of school, then I start started using my first name a lot more. So very interesting, though. It seems like generations, There there are names that are popular with certain generations, no doubt.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's a trend. And just like anything, people tend to gravitate towards what the majority do. That's described as what is normal, what the, the majority do.
0: That's right. That's breaking it. new ground. Sorry to interrupt, but you, you are breaking quite new ground and there are, your technology is effectively designed as I understand it. Again, I've never used your technology before, but as I understand it, you've created a video commerce platform aimed specifically at mm-hmm. tradespeople, And this platform allows customers. So it's effectively a marketplace. It's almost like a, it's almost like an Uber or an Airbnb, but for tradies. And instead of those tradies then coming to a customer's house and actually doing that job for them, whether it be a mechanic's job or whether it be painting a house or whatever the tradesperson skill is or qualification is, instead of them actually coming and doing the work, they effectively are educating the customer on how to do that for themselves via real-time video conversations. That's how I understand video chat approach to work.
1: Yes, Jason, that's one side. I... That's one, one path for a home or automobile owner to fix their stuff. And through research and then my experience in the industry, I'm a master plumber of, of 20, 25, almost 26 years now. I've owned various one, two, three, up to five truck plumbing repair businesses. I've done new construction, commercial construction. I've done remodel rehabilitation. I've even done antique historic work. And throughout my career, I've come to realize that not only um, are they find themselves in situations where they can't actually afford for the company to come out and fix it. I've found myself in situations where I go to the customer's house, they pay service diagnostic fee for the company to come out and we'll go there and they've already torn apart all of their stuff, trying to fix it themselves and gotten stuck. And then I've met people that have searched on YouTube for days and weeks and not been able to find a project, a video specific to what they're doing. So they they weren't able to actually gain the confidence that it takes to trust in their own abilities, basically. And that's basically what it is. Any one person. Whether you're man, female, it doesn't matter. You all possess the same skills. You just haven't unlocked them yet. We're all capable of the same stuff, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, right? So your environment promotes what you can and can't do. With this environment, you can quickly, within 20 minutes, hire a vetted so we verify that these technicians are licensed, certified, and experienced in that particular field that you're looking to learn or fix your home or your automobile. We're looking at plumbing, electrical, appliance repair, HVAC, electrical, landscape, automotive repair, and, and handyman. All of those things, there's not anywhere else to really go learn them. It's not like you can go you can read some books at Home Depot or Lowe's and, but there's, there's odd, I want to say it's hard to really get the information that you need. And then even if you Google online, just in the search read literature, all I've come to realize that stuff is written not to pers- not to promote you successfully completing those projects, but more to hinder and divert you away from it. So even the most prominent thing online that you can search and ask questions to today would be JustAnswers.com for instance. And uh, what I've come to learn about that through insight through kind of the, some people that own it is that's a bot and it basically scrapes the internet net like chat GPT or whatever they call it, the new AI, Probably pretty much what tested the new AI and, uh, and then ultimately after you don't find your answer there, It connects you to a local company and you end up paying a service diagnostic fee to get that answer. And the thing about it is 70% of the homeowners is what the statistic is, says that they would rather fix their own stuff, not just because they broke and can't afford it, or they're on a budget and need to reduce the amount of money they spend that month, just straight up because they don't trust people like the number one reason why people don't hire other people to do things is trust. And the way society's going, I, it's not really looking, we're going to begin trusting the way we did 30 years ago overnight. This was a path that's been walked for the past 10, 15 years as trust is slowly and each day more and more deteriorating from our normal everyday lives. So used to trust was a lot easier before social media, because when you wanted to talk to your friend, you literally went and talked to your friend. You got to see the body, you got to see the body language, you got to touch, feel, taste, smell, all of the senses. Now we barely use one yeah. and we can't even determine if somebody's mad, happy, or sad when they type something, it's yep. all in our head. We read it and automatically just because that word in that context, they automatically assume you're being yelled at or you're being ridiculed or so. Body language is very important in communication. Very, com- I, I forget the statistic, but it's up in the like 70s and 80% of actually effectively communicating. There again, that promotes that the live video like that. You get to actually look somebody in the eyes. The saying is, look me in the eyes when you lie to me. Yeah. It's much harder to look me in the eyes. I can really gauge you if I'm looking you in the eyes and you're telling the story. I can't read a lie without a fact checker on a social media post or a profile or anything like that. And then nowadays, nobody vets anybody. Look, the largest social media companies in the world can't verify their users and keep fraudulent accounts from committing fraud. Yes. You have all the money in the world and you can't verify your users. Are you serious right now? I have no money. And every single user on my platform is verified. Every single one of them. There's 200 of them and they might be missing a picture, but that's the real dude. He cannot be on there because he has to verify with bank account information through through a third party that is the largest credit card processor on the planet. Like you can't fake it. And then if you try to steal it from me, you can't get their information from me because I didn't let you put it on mine. It looks like you put it on my platform, but it went over there, see? So I piggyback on the big bank Hank having guys to keep my stuff safe i'm not saying that you can't i'm sure some genius can break into anything but the point is let's not piss off anybody to make them want to do that right
0: that's right no I mothers, guess,
1: there usually is no
0: desire that's right that's right and you see so you've been building your platform for five years now five plus years now you've got over 200 you've got the equivalent of 200 uber drivers but 200 technicians yeah. and tradies registered through your platform and as i understand it the great thing about your platform is obviously the you're billing via the platform to the end consumer of that knowledge that skill that capability that video chat call You're charging for, based on the amount of time that they're on that call with the technician, and then you're sharing, you have a revenue share with the technician to where they get per per, person. Sorry, go ahead. So
1: the technicians, they are, this is a way for them to join into the side hustle market and become like a freelance consultant teacher, right? uh, The profiles are theirs. We don't try to control it like the Uber and Lyft, like they did. We give them the ability to turn it on and off as many times a day as they want. They can change their schedule. They have four different price points that they choose. I have to keep it within reason, or people will get crazy and then nobody will buy it, of course. I made it, um, I kept those percentages. It's based on a percentage that the technicians get paid. And I base that percentage around the industry numbers within the businesses that they work for every single day. They're used to making less money in the industry with their hands, crawling on their knees, bumping their heads, providing all their own tools. And what I've done is create a path where they can make more money by Instructing people at home. so it's theirs now, now I do monitor it because of safety. I need to make sure that these people are providing information that's accurate and worthy of payment, right? Mm-hmm. have just a. Next evolved level of YouTube where you can communicate with the video maker, right? So we really, uh, it's easy when it's small, right? But as it gets larger, this will become more difficult and we'll actually have to respond to complaints. Right now, we don't really have any complaints. Of 190 of the video chats, we had one guy request his money back and uh, i don't know if you've ever tried to teach anybody but those people you try to teach and they try to teach you while you're teaching them like they don't let you talk so we don't argue with them we go ahead and give them their money back and that technician that did that video call goes ahead and gets paid and uh, but we also built it for the businesses too right because we don't want to go and take all of their technicians right and mess up their whole day as well we need them to be able to still fully engage in the community in a manner that promotes them reducing things like the amount of gallons of gas they use every day, the amount of miles they drive to the call, how they train the new technicians that are coming into the industry and then how they perform quality control inspections to prevent things like callbacks and future problems in the customer's home. We wanna prevent damage to the customer's home by using the video chat service to take a second look. And I made it to where they can put their employees in so it's real quick and easy for tech to tech communications and then you have those companies that are multi-industry like HVAC, electrical and plumbing but well, if you had a plumber there and the customer's asking about an electrical outlet the plumber is fully qualified he just needs to be a little bit just looked over. He can fix that electrical problem while he's there, still charge the same money as the electrician, save that customer two trip charges. Just, it's like a whole, it's not just video chat, right? It's a whole integration into the trades industry. So, with doing that, a lot of it comes into SEO. And then we look at the other lead generators like Le- Angie's List, Home Advisor, Thumbtack, Yelp, and we look at where they failed, right? And When they came on board into the lead generation market, nobody wanted anything to do with them. Like they couldn't give it away. As a matter of fact, they did fraudulent, like they lost lawsuits. I'm not like, this is not just off my hip stuff, but they've all been involved and or lost lawsuits due to their fraudulent behavior. Whether it be for the way that they promote the reviews with Yelp the way that they sold fraudulent fake leads to the business owners and the way that they committed fraud by selling the same lead to multiple business owners. So they failed failed in many levels, right? But what they did was raise enough capital to change the whole industry to where they dominate lead generation. And the way that they do that is fraudulent in itself because of the way Google allows the link authority to be passed through, right? So all these businesses, they're gonna promote their business with the free business listing on the website and they add their business website to it. And that gives Google a great indication that this website is authoritative It becomes authoritative and then starts to outrank the local websites in that area, right? Or the same local keywords and phrases. Now we're suppressing our customers' presence that was already there before they came along. And we're pushing it down. Mm -hmm. We're spending millions, not me, yeah, not me. They are spending millions of dollars in SEO and AI and everything to make sure that they get the same customer that you would normally get for free so that they can sell it to you. Yep. Well, it, I learned as, through building the video chat a pro, and because it is a lead generation platform that does not sell leads, it pays you to respond to free leads using mm-hmm. video chat. So I, it's totally upside down and backwards. We did everything that they don't do for your business. We pass all that link authority through to those businesses. We put an actual business listing on the first page of google for that business not like how yelp and google and s all of those are the 10 best businesses in that local area right now we just put the 10 best businesses there all 10 of them not one thing for my website that has 10 businesses on a page and other ads and all of that crap i made it more like the phone book right for the first page of google in the search engine or the search engine results page So each business listing is its own website, in a sense, within my platform. So what I did, and then I gave those users a real reason to build a backlink to their profile. If that business owner right now puts a a backlink on their website to their home advisor, Angie's List Thumbtack, their late generation profile, they're going to send free traffic over there to be sold back to them, right? If you put a link on your website that says virtual estimate and you push them over to your business listing on video chat Pro, you get to make 70% of the revenue generated by the price of doing the video chat. Does that make sense? Makes you absolute sense. So, so the, revenue is,
0: the revenue share is a 70-30 revenue share with the tradesperson, the specialist. And so the reality the is. Business. So we oh, give right.
1: the business 70% of that revenue share. And the tradespeople get thirty percent.
0: Okay. And then that's in a scenario where a tradesperson works for an employer and the employer.
1: No, no, that's a scenario where the business is using video chat to interact with customers to give estimates.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. know I'm with you there. But I guess what I'm trying to understand is what is the split of companies or individuals using your platform? Uh-huh. What is the split between independent tradies, tradespeople, specialists, whatever, and companies that are also employing trades people as part of their as part of their business and then the business itself is actually using a video chat approach what is the kind of That's split what's
1: really cool jason is the fact that you caught on to this is the percentage is really high the businesses are hard to get on board because of the bad behavior from the past lead generation platforms they're real hesitant and uh, my product is very new And people don't change until it hurts bad enough to where they have to. Or there's an overwhelmingly, overwhelming, What? how do you say it? Desire by the people who pay you for you to do this, right? As a matter of fact, most all of the technicians on the platform still work full-time jobs for many of the local businesses that will be on the platform. I have only barely scratched the barrel and just am in the beta testing process of actual sales team building process and starting like learning the emails that it takes to get the open rate high. Like I I haven't started the full blown sales process of actually bringing the businesses on board. I have populated with 268 businesses and I've directly communicated with a handful of them to learn what they don't like what I'm offering. And there's a couple of mistakes that I made during the development phase that need to be corrected. And then we'll see an influx of business users, right now we do have, like I said, a handful of paying business users that do use video chat to interact with their customers, yet they're still shy, it's a new thing and it's adding something to the mix. It's hard to break old habits. Think about it. You drove past the store every day, you stopped and bought an energy drink. Now you don't want to drink energy drinks. You still drive by the store every day. It is tough, right? So it's a matter of making those technicians promote the service to their employers. And that's one of the things that we do, is that we and we educate those technicians about how it can be used in the business setting, as well, to make their their work life balance better if they're on call and they have to drive to give an estimate that they and it's an hour and 45 minutes so they have to up they're not engaged in business at that time they haven't been all day and then out of the blue a phone call comes and they gotta jump up get dressed and then go service this customer's house mode That's a lot to refocus your mind and go do and then if they end up not making the sell they don't exactly get paid for all of that the way that the technicians work in the industry is a commission-based salary so it's really a a what it just what it is a commission-based salary and it's based on the previous month's sales so last month you knocked it out of the park you had everybody said yes and bought everything you offered them right next month you go out and it's one out of three Two of the people tell you, goodbye, dude, I gotta go shopping. And one person buys. Your sales per hour number drops and it's commission-based, it's 20% is what they're trying to keep the field labor, which is the technician labor, up to 21%. This is all franchise affiliate numbers from Nextstar and SGI, Success Group International. specific stuff for these trades businesses. I was a affiliate member Back in 2008 and nine, I think it was before I sold my, one of my plumbing companies. But anyways, all these numbers are, this is real data that they use every day. So once these technicians get wind and they start to understand that, wow, I could give the video chat in 15 minutes and still make the sale and save myself that much time. They're going to be able to go to more calls and their sales per hour numbers are going to drop less. They're going to fluctuate less month over month, still working in the industry. And then by the are going to have to do something to be able to increase the pay for the actual field worker or technician, because they're not going to want to come to work if they can stay at home and I can pump them full of eight hours a day of 66 bucks an hour. Like they're, Like, even after I take my percentage to keep them getting calls, that's what it, it costs a lot. I'm not going to lie, between what I have to do to get the, I have to compete against YouTube. I have to compete against all those lead generators. I have to compete against Google Pay-Per-Click. I have to compete against Reach Local, WordStream, Pay-Per-Click management company that owns all the spruce.com, the family handyman media. All that content is owned by lead generation platforms. He just, like the cost, what it cost for me to actually break into the market with an actual honest product that does what it says, what the Google boasts and brags about serving its customer with the most relevant content that best describes its wants or needs, the EAT score doesn't exactly do that now. Because if it did, then even though like, I would automatically rank high on the double E's, expertise sure. and experience, because you, you're not going to get any better expertise and experience than from the traits people who actually do it live it and provide it for people all i'm doing is making it so the homeowners can get what they're asking for much faster and cheaper and giving the businesses a path for which They can offer these discounts and services and mold their way into staying within the customer's budget. That's the real trick to being a service technician is does your product and service meet and fall within the budget restraints of your customer? You can be as likable and lovable all day long. You can have all the admiration and reviews and everything. If the money and the numbers don't fit, they can't buy it from you. So you as a business owner have to figure out a way to fit that business and that service into that budget. And the best way to do it is by not sacrificing your service. You need to be upgrading it and reducing hard costs within your business that, like, there's not any other way to give an accurate estimate. If you're going to try to estimate stuff over the phone, you're going to have a lot of arguments because mm-hmm. you can't see what the customer is telling you. The customer mm-hmm. doesn't know what that dumaflatchee is called. Mm-hmm. He's been reading Google all day, so he's lost in space. All he knows is he needs it fixed and he needs it fixed for by a trustworthy person or company. And he needs to... Fit within a budget. And the DIYer, they need their stuff fixed and they need to not watch a hundred ads and waste all of their whole day driving back and forth to the place, buying stuff to fix it. So I was, that's how I came up with this thing. And then I had no development background at all other than WordPress websites, GoDaddy, and what's the Wix, still mm-hmm. lots of those little things. And then Upwork came on board in Fiverr, right? Here we go with the the freelance world and the side hustle. After a lot of trials and tribulations and a whole lot of plumbing work that I did, because i bootstrapped the whole thing it's 636,000 to to where it sits right now and it's poised to to it's ready for the marketing and advertising i know exactly how much i need to spend and where i know exactly where i'm competing i know exactly what i'm going to do to them and it's just a matter of time and but yeah i bootstrapped it from a two truck plumbing business over the past 5 years the last year was the real game-changer when I got the mobile apps and stopped using the browser-based video chat, WebRTC, and I just really started to learn more about managing the developers. They're to- It's totally different than managing plumbers or HVAC technicians or, or financial advisors. Every industry has its own little niche of how you manage these people, and some people like it when you mess around BS with them, and you can cuss around them and cut up and then other people you can't it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how much money you throw at them they want that straight faced they can't look past a little cutting up and clowning around and i've worked with people all over the globe to build this um, i tried not to make anybody too mad there's been few arguments along the way anything that takes this long to build is going to create some stress and turmoil and trying to choose teams and whatnot. I try to keep it really small. I'm real patient too, because when you work with small teams and you can't really press, so you have to, and a lot of everything that we did there was a lot of custom work. There's nothing to really look at because everything you compare it to is opposite. Like with the link gener- the link building and the SEO, the developers would look at other things to, and the designer, and I would, I'd have to stop them because they would get stuck in the, do the same thing that everything, everybody else does. And then a lot of arguments about how much harder it is to do what I want to do versus what everybody else wants to do. And trying to turn those, creative, you know, aspirations and thoughts into positive momentum was really tough. And, and then anytime you bootstrap something that costs that much, you're going to put a lot of stress in, and and you're going to test yourself and your family. And if you have any friends, them too. <laughs> and most people like, uh, I I don't have many friends. I, I never, I can't spend any time with anybody. One day I will be able to go back and rekindle friendships that I left behind if they're still rekindable or they're worthy of being friends anymore. People change over 20 years. You never know what you might find if you call an old friend from way back then, but dude, Jason, I am lucky. To get to go to startup grind april 20 april 9th 10th 11th and 12th this year in redwood city california i get to i'm going as a i'm going to pitch so i'm gonna step full feet in i've given some equity away to a, a very cool advisor scott finkelstein he's one of my linkedin connections i've been kind of over the years you know and so i'm really starting to take the steps of becoming that that CEO and really starting to use what I've built. I've been scared of it. Like how Facebook was like, we don't know what we have yet. It's the same way. That's the same feeling I have. And it's cool. And then it's, it's all still
0: scary too. (laughs) Wow. Exciting times, Jason. I look, you're probably the, the chattiest guest I've ever had on the podcast. And that's not a, that's not a bad thing. It's a very good thing. And clearly you're very entrepreneurial. Clearly you're very business minded. Clearly you're, you're focused on, Making that perfect product market fit and crossing the T's, dotting the I's. But I think it helped dramatically that you come from the background, the tradesperson background that you're also trying to service. I think if you had come up with this idea on your own, independent of the industry that you're trying to serve, that's a very hard thing to do because you don't actually understand what the needs of the industry are that you're going into. And I think, and so I applaud you. I applaud you for trying to think outside the box of your own industry by your own admission you were a plumber for many years and a master plumber and then you know you've sold off those businesses and now you've decided hey how can i bring digital and e-commerce capabilities to an industry that admittedly in many respects is still stuck in the dark ages and i think a lot of people there's many trade-driven industries that are still Very antiquated, so mechanics might use the latest in technology to plug into an ECU of a car to get a readout out of it to know what they need to repair and then have the electronic capabilities to to repair that vehicle, but from a business management perspective and how they actually run their business operations themselves outside of the service that they give, those are oftentimes very antiquated. They're still using paper booking sheets and diaries and all sorts of other things. I, I obviously, just like lots of other people, have had to use tradies over the years. And oftentimes, even if they have a website, Oftentimes I find the functionality is broken or the contact form doesn't work, or they only have a cell phone number on there that goes directly through to a technician or tradie. So applaud your vision to see outside the box of your own industry and say, how can I disrupt my own industry in a positive way and give them tools that they would not otherwise have to help them digitalize their businesses, take away a whole bunch of pain, make them more profitable in the process. And also help the planet in terms of the amount of time and energy that's spent just getting to a job i guess there are a couple of key questions that drop out of this that as you were speaking or were leaping into my mind like big red flags Uh, one of those is what happens when a customer for example either in the trades there's a lot of specialized tools right there's a lot of specialized tools there's a lot of specialized equipment there's a lot of specialized everything it's not just the tools but the actual equipment to do the job that you're going to yes. be installing there's parts required for vehicles etc etc very specialized
1: tools there and, are
0: and as a result of that even if the tradie is able to give the right consultation to the customer there may be some instances where they might need to go out and buy a tool and the customer might even be prepared to go out and buy that tool so does the trader instruct them okay you need this tool to do this job so when you go to Home Depot or you go to Lowe's or you go to Chief Auto Parts, whatever it is, here's the stuff you need to get. Let's hook back up once you've got those things and I can actually step you through getting this thing installed or getting this thing removed or getting this thing fixed. Is that the type of engagement? It's not just a one solid engagement. There might be, be two or three engagements required over a period of time to get this job completed.
1: Mr. Greenwood, you're a genius. You're exactly right. And so today, and it's 2023. You can walk up to any rental shop and rent almost any tool that you need to work on anything in your home. And if you need a mechanics specialty tool, diagnostic equipment included, most of the auto parts stores will borrow it to you for free. They'll pay it. You'll rent it. But they literally give you your money back after you bring it back undamaged i plan on totally building partnerships with advanced auto parts napa auto parts o'reilly auto parts i'm i'm been i'm trying to get the clout to work with snap on it's all about getting in front of a lot of stuff's gonna change when i go to startup grind because that's when the vc world and these other already established things like google and walmart home services and These other things like the founder of LinkedIn is going to be there, the founder, but one of the LinkedIn people that does a bunch of stuff there. There's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of of traction that can be gained from this experience going to the pitch event and not just trying to gain investors or whatever, team, board, all of that, exposure. Hey, this company has made it this far and it's ready to roll. And the cool thing about these digital marketplaces is the burn rate of money that it costs for it to sit dormant is relatively low, like really low once you get it to that point. For instance, we put on the 185 users in the past 40 days and didn't spend one single dollar
0: to do it. Wow that's amazing that's amazing not one single dollar
1: like it was their free job posts on indeed like i get 15 to 18000 clicks i can't remember if it's 20 days or 30 days but dude we get so many freaking clicks it's unbelievable and then they sit, we get so many app, like I just work on one number. That's 10%. I just focus on trying to keep 10% of the applicants coming onto the platform. Yeah, it, And then out of that 10%, only about, I don't know, it's eight or nine, maybe 7% actually make it to the front side. There's a lot of vetting. It goes on before they actually come onto the platform the businesses the business is its own thing if you want to do a video chat and ruin your own reputation go ahead but don't the technicians we don't want them to ruin it for each one bad seed ruin the whole bag and uh, it, it's that vetting process is really important and trying to just keep an honest marketplace
0: oh i totally get it man it's it, the trust is the foundation of, of everything that you're doing now Um, you're just so that everybody knows who's listening. I'll also put it in the show notes. If they want to find out more about video chat, a pro it's literally video chat, a com. They can go to your website. They can learn more. They can they can obviously reach out and contact you via the website. They can create a login through the website.
1: I we answer every phone like I'm the founder and CEO and I get a lot of phone calls. I try to answer them all. Somebody really tries to answer all of our phone calls. I know that one day it's going to be really difficult to answer them, but the tools that are coming available in the marketplace are going to make that a lot easier to where one person can literally talk to thousands at a given time.
0: But where so would I'm you prefer at is- that they? So sorry to interrupt, would you prefer that they actually contact you through the contact tab of your website? So there's a, there's an email form there and there's also a phone number, as you pointed out. Or would you rather that they find you on LinkedIn, Jason Bauder, B-A-U-D-E-R? Would you rather that they contact you through LinkedIn, through your website? Do you have a preference? How are people best to find out more about what you're doing?
1: I like to play on LinkedIn. I like to poke at people I'm always on there. I like to I like to try to open people's mind up on there with comments and just try to be real on LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm always poking around on LinkedIn. I don't do much LinkedIn live and stuff like that. I talk about what it's like to be a founder on there and the real story about it, not all the goodies. I throw the dirt in there too. and yeah, I want to be that found. I want to be the face of my company. I don't want a faceless company. Some of these big corporations they really miss the boat on letting the founder interact with the consumers. And and one thing I'd like to say is that all throughout the beta test, the users that do buy the service, like they actually hire the pros and they get their stuff fixed. They all are they're all really nice. Like I've never really had customers that forgiving. If there's a problem with the connection, they're they, they retry like. They don't just go bad mouth it. They retry and then they get the information they want and they give a good review. The other, that was the other thing that was important to me is the review industry is really tainted. You can go anywhere and give a review, whether it be real fake, it doesn't matter. And you can buy fake reviews by the hundreds for your Google, my business listing for any of the platforms that have reviews. There's somebody on Fiverr that sells reviews, but on my platform. The only way you're putting a review for the technicians or the businesses is if they use the video chat. It's attached to
0: the usage receipt. Wow. So they have Amazing. to pay to put a review. Like, yeah, they actually have to have used the service, which yeah, is what there's you There's no are. way
1: around it. They have to have used the service. And with what Yelp did with their reviews and their ba- bad behavior and the way that they use reviews against their non-paying customers, that's what they do. They use bad reviews against their non-paying customers. Like, you have a free business listing, but they only promote the bad reviews. Like, yeah. what the, what? like how am I ever going to get to the point where I could pay for the business listing if you're telling everybody don't hire me, man? That's not cool. And I really focused on the user, the people that pay to use it. And not only the people like the technicians, they may not, so to speak, pay to be on there to use it, but they do pay because a percentage of the revenue generated from their video chat pays for their presence there. That means they are my customer. And all throughout my career as a plumber, I had to, I had to put forth real customer service. I didn't get to hide behind a website or a contact us form or any of that it's right there in like face to face my customers straight reach out and slap you like they don't give a shit. you're in your they you're in their home anything they want to say you might have done to provoke them they can so you better be on your best behavior as a technician in people's homes and you're already delivering bad news nobody wants to pay to have their turd unclogged.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Listen, Jason, it's been awesome chatting with you and learning about your business, how you started it up, how you found the niche, how you built the technology, how you're looking to expand, how you're looking to get your next round of investment potentially from Startup Grind. I wish you the best of luck at that. We're now at the time of our conversation where I get to, to flip the script and I get to turn the microphone over to you to ask me one question, any question you like. It can be personal, it can be professional, it can be out of left field, it can be whatever you like so over to jason bowder from video chat approach jason what's your question for this jason jason
1: what in, in in your life plan what is your goal in your career where do you want to go
0: I, th- I think i'm actually there to be honest with you i have finally reached a place in my career and I, and i always had the vision of ultimately getting here for me a business is, a, is only a means to an end. It's, I consider business and income an equivalent of freedom. And to give me, the only thing I need out of my business is the ability to have enough income to live the lifestyle that I wanna live with my wife. We don't have kids, we don't want kids, so I don't actually need that much right. in terms of income, which is great. And I guess yeah. what I always wanted to do was to be able to have a business where I could literally work from anywhere in the world where if, as long as I got my laptop and my internet connection, I can provide a great service, I can make a living from it, and I can do something that I thoroughly enjoy doing. And I'm finally there. I've only been doing this consulting thing for just over two years now. And hey, look, I've moved from New Zealand to Mexico. And so I've achieved the level of location freedom that I always wanted to have. And I've also achieved the level of financial freedom that I've always wanted to have that's always been important to me. And I guess what I've been doing throughout my career up to this point is just building up and stacking the skills and experience to be able to convert that into a consultancy income stream. And so I guess I'm not, that's not to say that I've done everything in my life that I want to do. That's not it at all. But I guess the primary focus of my, in in terms of income, it's to create the lifestyle. I never wanted to live to work. I wanted to work to live right and so i did i didn't want to wait until i was quote unquote retired to travel the world and sightsee and get fit and do all those things that people talk about wanting to do and experience new cultures and foods and new places and new weather and all that stuff i I never wanted to wait to quote unquote retire to be able to do that because oftentimes by that time first of all there's no guarantee that you're still going to be alive at that point that's the first thing second of all There's no guarantee that you'll still be fit enough, that you'll be able enough, that you will be, even if you have the money, there's no guarantee that you physically will be able to do all those things. So I decided, how can I create an environment where I'm almost semi-retired? Where I take on the work very selectively in places where I think I can contribute the most value, but I can also make a living doing that and do it doing something that I love, but also be able to travel the world with my wife. And so I'm, I'm thankfully I'm there sooner than I thought I could ever get there, and I'm super, super grateful for that as a result. That's awesome. I love it.
1: That's what I was aiming for too. It was hard as a tradesperson, but yeah, no, dude, that's kick ass because that's what I'm trying to do for all the technicians too. Like. Exactly what you said. Wow, amazing, mate! Hey, this is awesome. This is the first time I ever did a podcast with somebody like this, and you're really good at it, Jason. You knew exactly what questions to ask. I bet you could even ask some better questions.
0: (laughs) Listen, mate. No, I'm super appreciative for you. Look, like I said, you definitely are the most. I guess the most, probably the most flamboyant, and definitely the most confident, and certainly the most, uh, or definitely one of the most passionate people I've ever had on the podcast about what they're building and what they're doing and what they're putting out into the world and the world. The world needs creators. The world needs innovators. Every, everybody has got something that they can give to the world. Everybody's got a gift that they can give to the world. And I, I think our life's mission should be to identify what that gift is that we can give to the world and then actually execute on that and give it to the world. And if we can, if we can make a living doing that same thing, then that's the perfect, that's basically the perfect possible outcome. So I wish you absolutely every success with your platform and at startup grind. And I'd love to chat with you in another year or so, and see where Video Chatter Pro has got to in that time. And I wish you and the your customers, which are the tradespeople's tradespeople and specialists, I wish you and them every success because I think the world needs more of this. I consider your technology like an empowerment technology, right? It empowers, it empowers these tradespeople. That's trades what the electrician people. says. It's an empowerment platform. That's exactly what it is, and it allows them to start out as a side hustle, and then eventually, if it gets to a point. it can replace their income then they're completely freed from ever having to go into an office or go on site again and it allows them that total uh, independence and freedom that that you've set out to build for them
1: i'm not gonna lie either when i'm when i set the percentages i thought about the 70 30 split for the technicians and i thought to myself it does seem low but when you run the math and see how much the initial startup cost is you would set any right-minded business person would have set the pricing the way that I did and the re and back to the industry specific knowledge that's the only reason why I can have this platform that's the only reason why nobody else has one is because they're scared of the trades they don't know anything about them like all they can do is rely on those franchise affiliate marketing groups and they're not what they boast and brag to be. When used properly they're really good systems but they have to be molded and and modified to fit the business or the business goes bankrupt trying to use it. I want to help those people that get themselves in a bind like that. And I already been through it. Why not share that experience with them and then give them a tool that helps them make it through it. I wish I had this tool. And so when I built, I used it. Like I I sold $160,000 worth of plumbing work from my desk over the video chat while the customers paid $3 a minute. I already know it works. There's no... The, that's what makes it so hard for me to be a salesperson. Cause the people are like, it don't work. It don't work. I'm like, Hey, let's watch this video of it working right now. And nobody likes it when you put their shoe in their mouth.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you just
1: gotta, you gotta accept the, the challenge. You gotta realize that you're up against a mountain and you better not come to Everest with flip-flops on.
0: Love it. I'm going to use that saying from now on. Don't come to Everest with flip flip flops on. Love it. Hey,
1: and the biggest motivating factor is the reason I built video chat. Yeah. For all the things we've talked about, but I was actually put into a situation where people decided they were going to rob me and expect they held me captive, trying to make me do the work in their house too. Like they strangled me unconscious. They almost killed me. Like when I left there that day, I had strangle marks around my neck. It was bad, right? And I had to prove that I was a good contractor. Like they sued me three times and lost. Wow. Uh, I ended up losing one of my new, it was a two-year-old plumbing company. I would work three days a week and I profited about 190,000 after, you know, Paying for everything, so it was a just shy four hundred eighty thousand dollar a year company out of one van. So, wow. so th- those people took a lot from me, and I and when I got home that day, I asked myself, how am I going to be a plumber and never go into somebody's house again? Wow! And, wow! And this is what I came up with. The platform has evolved from the very first. That anytime you build, anybody that wants to try to build software like this, you better be re- prepared to try something pay for it and then throw it away because you have to be able to evolve the business has to be able to evolve and the software is the business so if you evolve the business model the software has to evolve and it's not just one piece of it it's all the way from end to end everything is connected all throughout it started out was i wanted a room with six technicians and i wanted one in every single state across the country and then when I really looked at how much it costs to do that, I was like, whoa, this is, that's, to, that's not even doable anymore. And I could have just kept it like some of the ones that are available. It's one guy and a PayPal service. And
0: Yes. Listen, Jason, it has been an absolute pleasure. I love yes. your passion. I love your, I love the energy. I love the, uh, I love the tenacity of what you've done. It's an inspiration to entrepreneurs all over the place that are trying to build something special in the world, especially something that is specific software based. Uh, and especially as it relates to the marketplace industry, the e-commerce industry. You've got you've done something really special so I wish you every success and I can't wait to I can't Thanks wait so ch- to chat to you again in the future mate.
1: Thank you so much Jason. You have a wonderful afternoon.
0: Are you a B2B or D2C e-commerce merchant? Then head over to greenwoodconsulting.net to learn how we can help you scale your business.